when a man touches my face, like gently looks in my eyes, takes his time, kisses my neck, um, tells me anything, you know, how I smell, how beautiful I am, how, how lucky they feel, how much they want me. All of those things are really, really delicious. Welcome back to another episode. I have been wanting to do this one for a very long time. I have immense and tremendous respect for Celeste, our guest. Celeste is a co-founder of the Somatica Institute of Sex and Relationship Coaching, where she trains coaches in her experiential method, which we will be discussing. And I personally know people who've gone to Somatica and rave about it. So I really feel like this is sacred work that you're doing. And I'm very excited about this. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I can't wait to talk about everything. (laughs) All the things. Yeah. So uh, as I said, I've had, you know, friends of mine that have gone to Somatica. And one of the things that really caught my attention was the combination of sort of theory about sexuality with actual experience with coaches and actually doing practices in the workshop. And I don't want to give too much away. I know a little bit about what happens there, but one of the things that I found the most intriguing was something called core desires and hottest sexual movie. Mm-hmm. hottest sexual movie. And we're not talking about a porn video. No. This is much more specific to a person's psyche, maybe what they've been through in life, what their turn-ons are. So I'm very excited to hear about core desires and hottest sexual movie, and also kind of how you got there, because it feels like this is something you discovered or uh, emerged as a theme or almost like a Polaroid coming into coming into focus. So I'd love to hear what they are, but also how did you figure this out? Because it it feels very much like a discovery that you made. Yeah. I feel like um, when, when people go to sex, I think when we, you know, we go out there for looking for sex advice, there's all these kind of hot tips and tricks and they're so surface, you know, they really don't get to the depth of what people like, why bother, you know, why bother relating to people? It's really intense. And why bother taking off your clothes? It's so vulnerable and exposing, you know what I mean? (laughs) But we do, we really, really want it because it actually gives us some of our deepest, most fulfilling experiences in life. And that's because there are certain things that we want to feel and that's what we call core desires. So core desires are what you want to feel during sex. And then your hottest sexual movie is like the experiences and actions and words and energy, all of the things that, that you do in order to get those feelings. But I think the piece of sex that people really forget to talk about, and like, I'll talk about it on our first date. So what do you want to feel during sex? You know, <laughs> like because I want to feel like precious and loved and adored and really, really special. And then if I have that feeling, then I might want to feel a little like used or, you know, told what to do or um, even dominated, but I have to feel the, the special feeling first, you know? So if somebody doesn't know that, 
or anything about that. They're just shooting in the dark. Right. And then there's like, what is it that actually makes me feel that way? And the movie can be really like complex. And, you know, there are so many different ways to bring me to those feelings. But there are some surefire ways also, you know, and maybe not things that people would obviously land on. And so when we have these more in-depth conversations from the beginning, sex can be so hot. And also, if you're in a long term relationship and the sex has gone away because it gets really boring and routine and nobody's actually getting what they want to feel. So it's like, okay, well, I have so much else to do. And this isn't even making me feel what I want to feel. What's the point, you know? And so restarting that conversation from the, from the ground up is really, really helpful. Yeah. I, one thing I really like about what you just shared was the order of feelings, because I think that's something I hadn't considered, but is quite brilliant, which is I need to feel special and seen first (laughs) and then I want to feel dominated or, you know, put in my place or whatever sort of you know, there's a way of thinking about it as a spectrum of light sexuality and dark sexuality. And I think it can be confusing for men when it's like, well, how do I know whether she likes to have her hair pulled or, or be spanked if I don't try it, but if I try it and she gets upset, that's not what I want. You know, I think there's a confusing, uh, cauldron (laughs) of, of what's going on. And I think it can also be confusing when, uh, a woman doesn't want something and then you're sort of scared to try it with another woman or your partner has said no to something and you think she's always a no, but it could be, I'm not actually a no to that, just not tonight, or I'm not feeling safe or secure or special or seen by you. And so the the first part, right, part A wasn't there. And so part B is like a no, but it's not actually a no. It's that I need this other thing first. So I really like that um, the sequencing and, and, you know, what you said is brilliant, which is how do you want to feel during sex or in sex is probably not a question. A lot of people (laughs) have taken the time to consider or answer. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm curious what you have found since you do run workshops with different, with men and women, what are some common things that men and women say just for that first part of how do you want to feel during sex? Do you find that there's a, a difference or is a lot of it similar? Uh, There is a difference. I think a lot of times for women, it's much more around like feeling desired or wanted. Um, And this is just like, you know, people have so many different broad spectrums and sometimes it's not across gender lines, but, and most commonly, I think men want to feel very competent, like they know how to give good pleasure. So, you know, I think a lot of times, I mean, women are sort of valued for how they look or what, you know, and men are more valued for what they do. So it makes a lot of sense why it would go along those gender lines. But I mean, people want to feel all sorts of things. They want to feel merged and seen and um, dominated and uh, degraded and, you know, and, and I don't really separate them into light and dark. And the reason is that um, to me, getting any one of those feelings, if you get it from a place of agency and self-awareness is healing. Uh, and so, and so it's really more like, how do you navigate, like finding all of this out? And, and also how do you have a really good consent conversation? I think all, you know, all of those things are really, really important to this process. Yeah. I appreciate that. Especially the, how do you have a consent conversation? that feels good. And I think that that is something that many more people have become aware of over the past few years. 
there's sort of a, 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 a conversation happening around consent, but there's also not a lot of, well, how, what does that actually look like? <laughs> and, I feel like yeah. this word that's so sort of, it feels so heavy and undefined. And we teach about consent conversations in the training. And I want a lot of times when I work with men, because it's a really interesting tightrope. And I, firstly, I just want to say, I have so much compassion for men. I have dated, I'm bisexual. I've dated women. I've tried to seduce women. You know? <laughs> And um, it's challenging. And a lot of times you're not getting a lot of feedback and you may ask for what they want and they won't really tell you. And, and, um, and, but then it's like, if you do it and they don't like it, then you kind of feel like you're in trouble. You know, there's sort of this tightrope. So one of the things that, and also sometimes when, when you make a move, like when you ask, oh, can I kiss you or something like that? A woman might get turned off. Like, why are they asking? Why not they're just doing it? You know, so that's where the consent conversation comes in. And, and to me, a consent conversation, first, you want to see like, what kind of consent does your partner want to engage in? Do they want you to try things without asking? Because then they feel sort of taken, which a lot of women want to feel. Or do they want you to ask first so that they feel more safe, which is another thing that a lot of women want to feel. And to add, and so to have the consent conversation is to say like, you know, when we're playing together, do you want me to just go for it? And then you'll tell me when there's something that you don't like, or when you feel done, or when that's as far as you want to go, or do you want me to ask as I go through the escalation? To me, that's like the foundational consent conversation. And then you can, um, and I think if you, if they say the set, if they say, oh, I actually want you to just go for it then you need to say, okay, do you feel capable of keeping your boundaries? Because then it means that they're sharing the responsibility of boundary keeping. And it's not all on the man to like intuit what she wants and doesn't want. So, so to me, that's a good basic consent conversation. That's a really brilliant point about just asking, right? (laughs) Which 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 of these do you want? And I'm, I think if, you know, First of all, I love what you said about you actually have experience being sexual with women because I, I think that the, um, I think that there's a lot that's missed right in the conversation between men who have sex with women and women who have sex with men that only have sex with the opposite sex that they there's a way that it's it is confusing because you don't actually know what it's like. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I, you know, do sex research and that's something that's come up a few times as well is women or men who have sex with both sexes, both report. Yeah. The cues are more subtle with women. They both, both sexes say the same thing, which is it's actually harder to tell with women genuinely. And like you said, the feedback is not necessarily clear. So I think there's a lot of us, a lot of us don't really know ourselves sexually. And so when someone says, what do you like or what do you want? We're not necessarily able to express that in words right away uh, or in a fog of arousal. We're like, oh, that's great. You know, whatever, whatever's happening versus being really clear about it. So I, I appreciate you speaking to that, you know, your actual experience of being sexual with women, because I think there's, there's something to be said there for um, actually enrolling a woman in the, the consent piece and saying, you know, and I liked your phrasing of, you know, when we play together, what would you prefer? 
And there is something hot about that. I think that consent conversations can be hot because there's a, when we play together, how do you want to play? Right. There's a, there's a sense of excitement and fun there instead of how do I do this so that I don't fuck it up? Yeah, <laughs> Which is what I think is on a lot of men's hearts is, you know, to your point of shit, if I do it wrong, it's going to be terrible. And so there's a lot of, it feels like it's risky. It's really feels like there's a lot of risk for men. And I'm curious if you would recommend, you know, when you're working with your clients, when do you recommend that the man has that conversation with her after they've made out, you know, because it feels early if you're on a first date, obviously, right. When do you find that it works best to have that conversation of, Hey, when we play together, what would you, what would you like from me? Yeah, I think it is really great to have it after you have first made out, you know, and, and I do want to say like, I, I will like in dating women, what was really interesting was that I was even like on Craigslist, you know, and a woman would show up to my house, like knowing we were going to have sex. Like that was her intention, but still, um, she, she really wants to be seduced, you know, like she would like sit in the corner of the couch and kind of like be a little, and I was like, okay, really? You just came over and like want sex, but now I still have all of this work that I have to do. So I don't know. I think there's part of me that wants to help men enlist women on being in being on a team with them. Right. Like instead of like, I'm doing something and you're saying yes or no, or stopping, like, let's be on a team together on how you can get the most pleasure possible, you know, because I I think if I, when I'm with a partner, that's how, that's my approach. I'm like, let's do this together, you know? And I think that that's a very empowered stance for women. And I think men can try to enlist women in that, which is to say like, are you good at at keeping your boundaries? Will you tell me what you want and don't want, you know, and, and really say like, let's, let's do this as a team. Yeah. I, I like that. It's also, I think it's not modeled particularly in mainstream porn. And I've noticed that, you know, as a woman, and I don't consume that much porn, but what I've noticed is that mainstream pornography really does sort of portray women as objects in it. And I'm not just speaking to this from a feminist perspective. I'm literally saying there's not a lot of role modeling for her enthusiastic participation in mainstream porn versus something like Dipsy, which is an audio porn app, I don't even know if I'd, I'd say audio erotica, but the stories are very inclusive and, and there's a lot more participation by the women in those stories. And so I notice that the actual role modeling that we have of what we're consuming around sexuality kind of models for us or, or tells us who we're quote unquote supposed to be in a sexual scenario, right? I would say, yeah, from mainstream porn and what we're sort of socialized into, if I'm the good girl, I'm supposed to sit on the edge of the couch, right? I'm not supposed to be assertive or be direct or be forward because then I'll be seen as slutty. So I'm going to play this other role. And also maybe I'm nervous, but there's this, this leaning back stance and a little bit guarded that I know a lot of my male clients have also, I remember talking to a guy friend about sex and I don't remember what I asked him, but he said, in my experience, I'm the driver of most of what's going on during a sexual encounter. So I feel a bit like if I'm not doing something or driving it forward in some way, nothing will happen, which is a, not being on a team, <laughs> right? Yeah, not, exactly. not, I mean, yeah. like, yeah. what are the chances? Of, I don't, for me, it's like, 
orgasm is so important, but if I'm not taking responsibility for my orgasm in a sexual situation, it's going to be, you know, way less likely to happen. So, you know, for me, that's a priority. The other thing that I see in porn is a lot of faked enthusiasm on the part of women. So things are happening to them that are very unlikely to give them an orgasm, but they have to act like they're having an orgasm or make all sorts of noise or act like they're having pleasure. And I think it happens too um, in bed a lot that women fake pleasure to encourage their partners, you know, and I've done that too, to just like, oh, that's, you're on the right track. Keep going. I'm not really there yet, but I'll make the noise. You know, So it's understandable by why women do it, but there can, if they're doing it to just like make the other person feel good, and not actually guiding them towards what's working, then I think it's problematic. And certainly in porn, I'm like, nothing that's happening in these movies is going to make me orgasm. You know, the way that they're going down or the way that they're fucking, and there's no clitoral stimulation and there's no vibrators. And, you know, (laughs) there's like none of the stuff that is going to be most likely, plus the the pacing, right? And how do you, you know, and, and I mean, like I, I date, young men. And, you know, my experience is that they go to touch my pussy way too fast. They touch it too hard. Um, right away they go for my clit. They don't touch the whole thing. They don't, it's like, it's just so fast. And for me, like when I have all over body touch, like I can feel that I can feel the arousal start to build inside of me. Um, I feel more in my pussy than when they're touching it directly. That's a great point. I just want to pause on what you just said because my sex research corroborates all of what you just said, especially about slowing down, that it's most sex that's being had is too fast for the female body. Literally female bodies take longer to become aroused. And that part about, I actually feel more in my pussy when I'm being touched all over. I think that's an important thing for men to internalize, right? That, you know, touching her back, her neck, her, maybe even her stomach. It really depends on the woman, but other parts of her in an intentional way is very arousing and is leading to lots of, you know, great blood flow down to the pussy. That's going to lead to better sex, better penetration. But I think a lot of men think, oh, the way to turn on her pussy is to touch her pussy, which is not actually true, especially. Yeah. It's probably true for their dick, right? Like you can touch a dick pretty quickly and it usually responds well, especially if you have some subtlety to it. But with, with a pussy, it's like, I'll just be like, gently take their hand away and be like, oh, she's not ready yet. Like, and I'll teach you how to touch her when she is. (laughs) uh, That's not it. Um, But I, you know, I do see that a lot in porn, just like the, the really fast, direct right away touch pussy touch. Yeah. And I'm glad that you sort of spoke to the, the faked enthusiastic, um, response that, that we see on in porn on the part of women, because I think that again, it's confusing. It would be confusing to me as a man because it's like, well, that looks like that's working what he's doing. (laughs) Exactly. It seems like it's working, but it's, it's not actually the case. And I think that that's been something that, you know, I, have a course on sex called please her in bed. And I think a lot of the men that have taken it have sort of come away thinking a lot of the things that I thought I needed to do. I don't need to do, for example, he doesn't need, you don't need to be hard all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's just a fallacy. A lot of what men are taught about what's important isn't actually what's important to women who have sex with men. So 
I think they, they walked away feeling more encouraged and more empowered and more competent to your point of, oh, I actually know how to do this. And a lot of it comes down much more to, like you said, slowing down the pacing, being deeply present in the moment and savoring and worshiping her body, not I have to get hard right away. I have to stay hard. I have to make sure that she has an orgasm in this really, you know, intentional, like driven way. That's like, that's not relaxing. That doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't actually feel good. Um, it actually feels a little stressful. Like you said, I have to make all these noises to make sure that you know that you're doing it right so that you feel okay, rather than me getting to relax and know that as you're touching me, I'm not in pain, right? That it's slow enough and it's gentle enough that I actually want to open my legs instead of feel like I should now because it's time. Yes. And the other piece that I feel like is a lost art, or maybe I don't know if it was ever, it was probably an art at one point is words during sex. I think for women hearing things about like how what much you want them, how beautiful they are, or even like if they want to be dominated, like what what you, you know, telling them what to do or something like that. But using words for arousal is so much, it's a, it's a very effective, quick way to get to somebody's core desires, what they want to feel during sex and how to sexual movie, because you're getting their brain involved. And it's easy to be distracted when you're a woman having sex. It's like, oh, I don't know. I can't, I'm not really feeling much. And you start thinking about other things. But if somebody's talking to you and, you know, looking in your eyes sometimes when they're talking to you and like showing that intensity verbally and with more connection, I feel like it's very engaging and it keeps you like nailed into your arousal. Um, because for me, quiet sex is like, where are you? What's happening? You know, what's happening inside <laughs> of you? Does this feel good? Like, are we in this together? You know? And when somebody talks to me, it's like, whew, it just does. It, it really does it. Yeah. I, I remember I was, I think I might've told this on the podcast before, but I, I had sex with a man once and I was, I think I had taken my bra off. I still had my underwear on and I was lying face down. And he said, wow, your ass looks amazing in that thong. Mm. And this was like 10 years ago, Celeste. This was a long time ago. And I still remember that moment because I felt beautiful and I also felt approved of. And I think a lot of women have a lot of body image stuff. Mm. And so when I'm not hearing about looking good to a man, sometimes I'm thinking I don't look good, right? Like, the, like yes. it's almost like my default is, oh, he's going to think this about my body or that about my body. You know, I, my stomach isn't flat or, you know, my whatever, it doesn't matter. But the actual, like dirty talk doesn't always need to be what we see in movies or what we think of. It can be that of like, your ass looks amazing in this light. And, and the curve of your hip is turning me on. It doesn't have to be elaborate. It's just what is, what is arousing you? What is turning you on? Noticing it and speaking to that is hot, especially yeah. for the feminine, right? Especially for that sort of getting to what you said of, I think a lot of women want, do want, those are desired states is I want to feel wanted. I want to feel desired. I want to feel beautiful to you. I want to feel special. I want to feel seen. Well, you noticing things about her body and sharing that with her can often, you know, lead to that feeling for her. 
yeah, you smell so good. Your skin is so soft. Your lips feel so good to kiss like any, you know, like any of that kind of feedback I think is so engaging and it doesn't, you're like the, just like overt, like when it's, if it's too overtly sexual, too fast, sometimes it's like, oh, that's a little jarring, but like you can then work up to stuff that's much more overt as well. So I think that there's that build. Exactly. It's like building a fire. You're starting with the kindling. You're not starting with the big logs. Ha ha ha. Okay. (laughs) So yeah. So I want to, I do want to get a little bit more into core desires and hottest sexual movie. What are you know, we've sort of touched on some core desires. I'm curious to hear a little bit more about what you found that men's core desires are. And, and then what does it mean when we're talking about hottest sexual movie? Yeah, I do feel like a lot of times men want to feel, like I said, competent, powerful is very common, um, pleasing. Sometimes they also want to feel dominated or, uh, you know, but, but, but I think sometimes they want to feel des- a lot of times want to feel desired. And this is hard because men often are the ones who have to initiate all the time and they often feel desired by being initiated upon, but they don't ever get to have that. Like we do this exercise in my office, sometimes up against the wall where like we're practicing them learning how to show passion by like grabbing me, putting me up against a wall and like touching my face and touching my body. So that, you know, in a way that's very savvy where they're like holding my weight properly and like caressing me properly. But in order to teach them, I have to demonstrate it on them first. And there are so many men who just say to me, Oh my God, like, I just wish someone would come towards me like that and show me their desire and show me that they want me instead of me always having to be the one to do it. And I'm like, I know I, I feel you. And I'm that kind of woman, you know, I'm, I'm very aggressive in terms of like, I go after what I want, but, but that's not what we're, that's not what, that's not how we're socialized. Like you said, we're socialized to hang back, to be, you know, to not look like the slut or something like that. There's so much slut shame that it causes us to shut down that our own assertiveness around what we want and then feel desired. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's really important because I, I, another memory I have is I was with a partner and I'd been with him for at least a year and a half. This was a serious boyfriend and we were, I don't know, we were making out at some point and I took my, my top off, I took my top off or my bra off or something like I did it. And he was like, wow, that's hot or something like that. And it occurred to me that I almost always waited for him. I almost always waited for him to undress me or him to do something. And it occurred to me that was one of the first times that I had taken an action. And this is such a simple action, but it, it, it was a vivid reminder of how passive I had been. And I am passionate about sexuality, right? I'm passionate about this subject. And I was at the time as well. And so that deep socialization of, I should be the good girl. I think runs I think it runs deeper than we think that it does and that that sense of empowerment and becoming a team I think that happens over time and sort of that that agency piece is it's a big deal and it's not always it's not a given for a lot of women. Absolutely. And I like to play the good girl. Like I, I like to be called a good girl, but for me, it's more like a, you know, a role play, right? Like, tell me what a good girl I am, daddy, you know, that kind of engagement, um, as opposed to being the good girl. Yeah. Okay. So back to, yeah. So it sounds like for men, core desires are a lot around feeling powerful, 
feeling competent, feeling, um, you didn't say the word in control, but that I sort of got that sense of, I know how to do this. I'm good at this. And I'm wondering, you know, how, how can women support men in, in feeling that, or what, what a men report has them feeling those things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely give feedback around like, you know, God, you know, you made me feel so good. I love, you know, you have a beautiful dick. It feels so good inside of me. I like to actually give them feedback about what they're doing that makes them feel good. Or you're, you're so good with your hands or, wow, I love the way you were able to like lick me so quickly like that or something just so that they know that you're actually like appreciating and enjoying what they have to offer or, um, or like, I love it when you told, you know, I loved it when you told me to suck your dick. Like that was a real turn on because I felt like you were in charge or you were really powerful. So just, you know, like giving them the feedback that, that, that you are enjoying what they are dishing out. Perfect. And then in terms of how to sexual movie, can you explain a little bit about what that is? And if there are common ones for women versus men? Yeah. So in the training, we teach a bunch of different hottest sexual movies. We teach around, there's the spiritual movie, which is like, some people want to feel like sex is related to like sacred spirituality and there's romance around, you know, like love and preciousness and kind of timeless, you know, like forever, all of those kinds of feelings. And then there's, um, and, and that's kind of can be like soft touch or, you know, like slow build up. And then there's passion, which is more kind of animalistic. And you're just like grabbing each other and you can't wait to tear each other's clothes off. And then there's dominance and submission where one person is playing more the person in charge. It's like power play. And the other one is playing with like surrendering their power. So those are some really common hottest sexual movies um, that, you know, are most portrayed in, in the movies. Um, and those are the one, those are the most common ones, but then there are so many, you know, subtle, um, like different kinds of expressions that people want to play with around all of that. Like I've had people like their, their hottest sexual movie is like playfulness. So they want to, you know, go and uh, wrestle first and then, you know, run around and chase each other. And then they want to have sex. And that's, some, you know, that, that would be a, an example of a hottest sexual movie. And I'm curious in the, in the workshop or when you're working with clients, how do you help them figure out what theirs actually is? Yeah. So we start with just like, do they have any idea? Just asking, do you know what you want to feel during sex? And we'll give examples or we'll take them through a visualization. Um, And sometimes if they have no idea, then we just sort of run a bunch of different movies. Like we practice with each of them and they say, oh yeah, that really gets me or nope, that doesn't do it at all. You know, so sometimes you actually, that's why it's so helpful to have an experiential method. And also when men come in and they want to be better lovers, I will teach them all of the movies so that they'll have like a very broad toolbox, um, to come to seduction with. I like the inclusion of the, the word seduction or the word seduce in sort of a healthy empowered context. I think with the pickup artist community, it got associated for me with not so much of that, but there's, there is something sacred about seduction, right? Actually knowing, and that's the thing about long-term partnership or committed partnership, whether it's poly or monogamous is you do get to know someone over time and you can ask them questions. And, um, 
for those of you who don't know, we'll also put it in the show notes, but Celeste is the co-author of Cockfidence, which is a book about sexuality that I have referred many clients to. And I strongly recommend it just for this, exactly what we're talking about of there's some really hot stories in there that show what we're talking about of the kinds of, you know, you know, hottest sexual movie being he ran, he ran her a bath. She gets home. He has, he's directing her. He says, go here, do this, change into this. You know, he's directing, but, but he's also caring for her, right? He knows that she likes a bath. She, he knows the things that relax her body and get her in the mood and he's directing her. So there's a form of, I don't know if it's domination exactly, but direction and assertion. And she doesn't need to think as much. She doesn't need to manage, right? She's being told what to do. And I think that's often an element for women of, of, um, feeling sexy is I don't have to figure everything out. I spend all day figuring things out. Like I get to kind of, yeah, surrender control or surrender my power, knowing that I still, I'm, I'm still a powerful being, but in this context, I'm choosing like, yes, take over, take the wheel. I am happy to take this ride. Like I'm stoked and, and it's hot. And I think it's really encouraging too, because when you've been in long-term partnership, if you've not had these conversations or explored this, it's never too late. You know, there's definitely stories in that book of partners saying, I never knew it could be this good with someone that I've been with for years. Yeah. We have a new book actually coming together, which deeply explores core desires and has lots of amazing stories in it as well. I do want to talk about, I got, I had a pickup artist accost me the other day and I can immediately tell it was sad because he was like a decent looking guy. And you know, if he had like talk to me and like ask for my number in a different way. I might've been delighted to go on a date with him, but the way that they come at it with such a, it's such a surface level manipulation. There's no depth to the seduction and, and it's, and it doesn't feel like it feels like you're just doing it to someone generically. And there's nothing about really deeply knowing that person. So to me, the subtlety of seduction is about like getting into somebody's deepest desires because you love them and you want to know, or you want them, you know, you don't have to be in love, but you want to bring something out in them. That's like alive and beautiful and sexy. And to me, that's the sacredness of seduction and the depths of seduction, as opposed to like, I'm just going to run my three tricks that I know, and maybe they'll work on you and then I'll get laid. You know, it's just like, so there's no, (laughs) so that's the difference to me. A hundred percent. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about, let's say there's a man who's in a newer relationship, maybe, you know, a couple months in, how does he bring this up if he wants to with his partner, um, around what her hottest sexual movie is or what, you know, what, how, how he shares his, how do you figure it out and then share it? And how do you elicit someone else's? Because I think that if you ask someone, what is your hottest sexual movie, they're going to think they're going to think about porn if if they don't know what it means. (laughs) Well, I think that question of, you know, what do you want to feel during sex? And I think it helps to share something of your own. Like, I know that I really love to feel this. Like, I love to feel like I'm pleasing you really well. Do you have any idea what you want to feel? And then if they're just drawing a blank completely, what I often do is invite people to bring a menu, like, and to maybe you've seen something about her that you think, you know, she might want to feel, it seems like you really like to feel cared for, or seems important to you to feel like seen. And then she might say, 
no, I don't know. That's not exactly it. But then you've started the conversation. I notice sometimes when you, this is a coach trick, you know, <laughs> a therapist trick, when you put words in someone's mouth, they will correct you. And that's great because then you're getting the information that you want and, you know, you can just be, oh, good. Okay. So tell me more about that. You want to feel that. And um, that can really help start the conversation. And then, and then to get to hot a sexual movie, you would say, so like, what's one thing that you, that, that I could do for you that would really make you feel that way. Like, I know when you um, are all ready for me, when I get, you know, when we have a date and you're all dressed up and you're sexy, that makes me feel so um, cared for. What makes you feel cared for? To, to that, give it, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. I think another one could also be, when was the last time you felt that from me? Right. When was the last time you felt special because of something I said or did? Because that also gives you information about what has worked in the past. Yes, that's a really good one. And I, I mean, honestly, I'll be like, what kind of books does this person read? What kind of movies do they watch? You know, because you can get a lot of information if they're always watching rom-coms then they're probably more of a romantic if they're watching a lot of detective stories they probably more interested in playing with power you know so i think there's like these subtle cues as well that can give you information that's a great one so yeah let's pause on that real quick the 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 power thing i think that's um a place where, again, it can feel like a risk for a man to start playing with that with his partner. How do you sort of safely explore power play, you know, to start out with? Like, is this interesting to you? What do you, you know, how do you, how do you have that conversation? Yeah. Do you, do you like to, do you ever like to be dominated? Do you want me to tell you what to do? Um, Do you like any kind of spanking or play with sensation. I I think you just can ask honestly, because then you're getting into more of a, you know, you can, you can just spank someone like kind of softly. And then if they like pushing their butt butt back towards you, when you do it, then they probably want to be spanked harder, but you have to be a pretty good reader of cues. If you're, if you want to try it like that, as opposed to having the conversation. So it's important to know yourself. Like, are you attuned? Can you read people's cues very well? Or is it more, you know, is it a lot easier for you to have them tell you the information? And yeah, yeah. I think it's also a good, a good spot for it is sort of like a sex debrief, like after a session, like, what did you like about that? You know, I know for me, sometimes it's hard to speak up in the moment, but after the fact I can say, you know, like I really like, you know, my nipples being squeezed. Um, And I know at least for me, depending on where I am in my cycle, sometimes it's too much. So the same pressure that was used at one point might be too much at another point, but I really like it. So I like it when you, you know, start out with a little bit less and then work up to, to more. And I, I wouldn't be able to say that in the moment, but I might be willing to share after the fact, or, you know, is there anything that you really liked or anything that didn't work for you? I think that can be a time to, to debrief and also to lead some of these deeper conversations. And it can be something that you can do, you know, as a man, if you're, if you're having sex with a woman during sex and you're like playing with her nipples, you could say, do you like them bitten? Do you want me to squeeze harder? Is this a good pressure? So that you're actually testing it out in the moment and they can say, uh, yeah, no, a little bit harder or Ooh, a little softer for me, or can you lick instead of biting or something like that? So you, you actually ask the question as you're giving some stimulation. 
Yeah. I'm wondering if you, I'm, I'm just curious, you know, in terms of who's showing up to your workshops, are you finding that it's a lot of men that are in partnership or a lot of single men or both? And what kinds of feedback do you get from the men who are bringing this back to a partnership? Right. So we teach a big training. That's like, if people really want to dive in deep and learn all of these kinds of things, but we have single men and coupled men and married men in those experiences. And then there's also coming to see a coach one-on-one we've trained tons of coaches all over the country and the world. And, um, that, and, and it's the same, it's really just people, you know, people in at all levels of dating and relationship, um, need help, want to learn more, want to expand, you know, want to be able to seduce for the first time. So we really get the whole spectrum of folks, but if, if people want to like understand themselves and partnership and sex, like from beginning to end inside and out, we have this, we have an amazing workshop. Some people take it for personal growth. Some people take it for professional development to actually become coaches, but it just changes people's lives. Like I see the confidence, you know, just shooting through the roof from having the, you know, from taking this training. Yeah. I definitely feel like it's been transformative for the, for the, especially the men that I know that have taken it because even just that one exercise you mentioned of up against the wall, actually embodying that energy of I'm taking you, <laughs> right? I'm taking you even, you know, cause somatic is all clothed and there's, and you don't have to be go all the way or you're, you know, be naked to embody that I'm in charge. I'm in charge here. I'm taking you. And I, I, I feel like that's, that, um, that quality of masculine presence has been, uh, muted in a lot of men because they feel like they don't want to be too much or they don't want to be disrespectful or they don't want her to feel uncomfortable. And so that raw power of I'm taking you has been lost. And I know that there are men who've gone to somatica who feel like, Oh, that's what it feels like to do that. <laughs> Yeah. in a healthy way. And, and then they see the response and it's like, oh, and that's the response, right? It, it, it changes them because they actually have a felt experience of it. And um, yeah. And I'm wondering, you know, if you, if you would be willing, because I, I really want to drill down a little bit deeper on the hottest sexual movie part, would you be willing to share yours? And is yours different if you're um, having sex with a woman or a man, does yours change based on who you're having sex with? It definitely does. So mine with men is, um, like I was saying, feeling special and precious. So I really like, like, I like kissing. I like it when a man touches my face, like gently looks in my eyes, takes his time, kisses my neck, um, tells me anything, you know, how I smell, how beautiful I am, how, how lucky they feel, how much they want me. All of those things are really, really delicious. And then, like I said, if that happens, then I kind of turn into like putty in their hands <laughs> and then I'm ready. Like, you know, you can get, you can say like, now, you know, get on your knees and suck my dick or they can like hold my throat. Um, I don't like, like choking where my air comes off, but like, just like during intercourse or something like holding my throat or spanking me or playing with that. I don't like my hair pulled back, but like, you know, like a good, like holding of my hair is fine. Um, so all of, all of that is kind of my turn on when I'm having sex with men and, you know, and it's important to me that they're into my orgasm and that it really turns them on. Sometimes I like it when they say, you know, come for me, but sometimes that feels a little bit pressure. So they have to know that I'm close to coming, 
like to be able to read me a little bit better. Uh, Cause I think women do have performance anxiety about getting to orgasm and it can like pull back. If it feels like there's sort of pressure or hurriedness around that um, with women, I'm much more um, dominant. I think like I want to feel powerful and like I can give them pleasure. So maybe I have more of that competence piece. Um, it's not, it's harder for me to receive from women, especially feminine women. It's easier with masculine women. Um, so with feminine women, I'm more like the giver and I want them to be like, Oh my God, I've never felt anything like that before, you know, uh, wake in their G spot or something like that, or give them different kinds of orgasms that they've never had. That's very hot. <laughs> I love, <laughs> I love how specific you are. And again, I'm struck by that. The, the sequencing, right. Of feeling I'm thinking of your experience with men or your preferred experience with men where you feel sort of cherished was the word that came to mind was cherished and seen and special. And then, you know, like get on your knees or get on all fours or then the directive piece coming in because that feels, um, I don't know. It's like you feel taken care of first and then you feel dominated. There's something really satisfying about that. I remember posting a meme once that my friend had just said it was not a meme from the internet. We just made it into one that says, um, uh, I just want to be fucked really hard and then cuddled like, like a boss. Like it was like, I, I don't want one or the other. I want both. And it feels like that too. Like I want to be cherished and then I want to be ravaged. It's not that I only want one or the other. It's that I want both and in a certain order so that I feel because I think that it, there is an element of concern about being used. I definitely have that, especially around oral sex with men. I feel scared of being used. And I think if I feel cherished and I feel worshipped first, then I'm like, okay, this is, this is, this is okay. <laughs> this is safe. This is not, I'm not going to be used and thrown away. Right. It's like, there's a sense of security that I am seen as a human being. I'm not just, I could be a sex doll. Exactly. Women are hyper vigilant about being used. And even somebody like myself, who I feel like is very empowered, I still, there's something in the back of my head that like, doesn't want to feel that particular feeling. And you're right with oral sex. If it's like, they're expecting it, it's happening too fast. They don't, it doesn't even seem like they want to give it to me or give me any pleasure. They just want that. It's like, I had one guy one time, oh my God, he was just like, well, it was like the first time I was meeting him and he's like, well, aren't you just like going to give me a head at least? And I'm like, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, are you going to give me head at least? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> maybe I'll give it to you after you give it to me. I was like, no, you're not. No, I don't know why you think that's an expectation and why there's such a like double standard. Like I'm supposed to give you pleasure and you don't seem to care about mine at all. But I just told him what was, you know, and I think he was shocked. I don't think anyone had ever uh, said anything like that that day before. Yeah, yeah, I, I can... I can relate to that, but and I do think that there's, I do think that there is that expectation. There is, I think there's an expectation of, and I think that it's reinforced, like I've said, by porn, which both men and women are consuming in by the millions. I mean, millions and millions of people are, are watching porn. And then in, 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 I want to say the word ingesting, but it's not exactly what I mean, but sort of taking that in as, oh, this is the standard sexual script. And that I think is, is problematic because it's not actually, I don't think it's really empowering to either sex actually. And yet it is sort of the standard and has become 
the standard, which is sort of what we need to break the box out of, right? Because you never, I have never seen a porn video where a man is touching her face and saying, you look beautiful or who, who is speaking to her, uh, noticing her, you know, any of the stuff that we're talking about, that part is not modeled. And so no wonder, <laughs> no wonder it's something that men don't know about because it's not, it's not being modeled. And we're so, I think, repressed sexually that no one's going around saying, yeah, this thing happened to me last night that really turned me on. It's like, you got to really trust someone to be sharing that. Even our close friends, I think it's, it's not that easy to talk about. Yeah, I think Erica Lust has some good porn for both uh, men and women. And I watch porn, but I understand what porn is doing for me. It's not like I'm looking at porn and I'm thinking this is the sex that I even want to have. I watch non-consensual porn because that's actually what turns me on. But I know that it's actors. I know that everyone is consenting to it. Um, But I know also that I'm watching it because it's my it's my arousal button, not as an example of the way that I want to have sex or people should have sex. Right. It's more like something that I'm going to run in my head to bump up my arousal to help me orgasm during sex. Right. Or to just, you know, get off if I'm like tired at night or something like that. And I don't have a partner to come take care of me. Uh, So so to understand what porn is for is really, really important. Porn is not an education on how to have great sex. Yeah, I really like that, especially the the self-knowledge of this is an arousal button for me. And I think that's a good place to to just pause and acknowledge that, you know, your arousal button is part of who you are. It's not all of who you are. And it's not necessarily, I think there's a lot of shame for people around their arousal button. Like, oh, I shouldn't have that. You know, this shouldn't turn me on, right? Like yours, you know, non-consensual sex, I think is another way of saying that is rape fantasy. And like you said, in the ethical videos, they're, they're play acting, right? There's role play. Um, but it's one of the number one fantasies for women is non-consensual, non-consensual sex, but that's not what they want in real life. So I think a lot of people's arousal buttons are, are, are in the taboo area, which we already know, right? That's where, that's where a lot of sexuality lives is in the, in the taboo of things. It's, it's part of why, you know, sometimes it's hot. I remember reading a story about a couple that was trying to conceive and they ended up going to Ireland and they were staying in all of these bed and breakfasts where there was like an, uh, you know, a couple or an older woman running the B and B. And so they had to be really quiet uh-huh. and there was a sense of, of, of secrecy and of it being like a little bit illicit that they're having sex under, under the roof of this, a little bit like an older relative. Right. Uh-huh. And, um, they had the hottest sex of their whole marriage, you know, just in this 10 days in Ireland and they conceived. And I think that's a good example of, it doesn't need to be, you know, the taboo is, is part of what is naturally arousing to us as human beings. And it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Yeah, absolutely. And actually I like much more subtle, um, non-consent, like the, the hardcore rape ones aren't very arousing to me, like more like, um, I don't know. Some of the Japanese porn is amazing with this. They just, the the actresses are so good at just like making it like they look like, oh, I'm not wanting this to happen, but I don't have any choice. And, and I was just like, wow, that's some brilliant, that's some good acting. There's better acting in the porn there, I think in my experience. So I watched some of that. Yeah. Yeah. 
So as we start to wrap up, I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about what you're up to and what workshops are coming up if men are interested in working with you. And then if you have any sort of last things to share about figuring out your hottest sexual movie. Yeah. So this is the last time we're doing our fully in-person training in the Bay area. And it's going to be in Oakland and it's like four, four day modules over six months where we dive deeply into all of this core desire, hottest sexual movie, but also like attachment and consent and boundaries and all of the things you need to know to have the most amazing empowered sex lives and relationships possible. And it's like a it's such a beautiful community of supportive sex positive people who are really trying to grow in this area. So, um, people get, people become part of this lasting community that's super supportive and sexy and fun. Um, and that's happening starting in December. And then we have ongoing online trainings. And if you take those, there's also like five day summer camp immersions that you can come to after you take the online training. Um, if you're in somewhere else in the country or the world, and you can't travel four times in a year, um, you can do the online training and then come to these in-person events in San Francisco that are the more like hands-on, um, immersive events. And then also if people are just interested in becoming better lovers, learning how to date better, um, getting out of sexless marriages, we have a lot of coaches who we have trained and they're on the somaticainstitute.com website as well. In addition to the training and you can access, um, support, uh, coaching support one-on-one that way as well. Great. And we'll just drop that website into the show notes. So, yeah. So for Anyone who's interested, I know you have a new, you said you have a new book coming out. I would also just encourage anyone who's interested to check out Cockfidence. I definitely love how readable it is and some of the stories in there. Um, can you say a little bit about your upcoming book and when it drops and all that? Yeah, we have three books all together. They're all out. So Cockfidence was the first one. The second one is called Making Love Real. And that's really for couples in long-term relationship, how to have amazing sex and deeply connected and attached relationships and to understand each other's emotions and to learn how to seduce each other. So that's called Making Love Real. And then our most recent book is called Coming Together. And that's all about understanding core desires, where they come from, how to play with them, what to do if there's incompatibility in your core desires and how to sexual movies, how to bridge them or take turns. Um, so each of those books kind of brings a different piece. Um, and confidence is just about for men on how to be true to themselves in relationship and extraordinary lovers to women. Perfect. I love it. I love all of that, especially having resources for couples. And I think that that last part is important of, are you screwed if your two Mahata sexual movies don't match? No. <laughs> No, no, there's total ways to pull with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just both have to be willing to grow, which is sort of the case if you want to be in any kind of healthy relationship. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. That was really great. Uh-huh. My pleasure, Melanie. It's so fun to talk with you. Hey guys, I mentioned my sex research a few times during this episode and just wanted to remind you that I actually have a streaming course available based on my sex research called Please Her in Bed, A Course for Men Designed by Women. You can find that on my website, melaniecurtain.com under courses. And if you use promo code Dear Men, that's all one word, Dear Men, you will get the course dropped from $97 to $69.